This is News Talk on the VOCM Bigland FM radio network. The views and opinions on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your News Talk host, Linda Swain. Good afternoon, everyone. And Claudette, I heard you mention the Black Friday sales, and it is busy and congested out there right now. So take your time, be patient, be aware you're going to run into a lot of traffic, especially in and around shopping areas. Uh, take your time and be safe. And that's why you need, you know, just, I don't know, Christmas music in the background or something, because uh, you're definitely going to feel that pressure, you know, and feel the frustration. And uh, that's the opposite of what the uh, season is all about. Exactly. I darted uh, across the road there to grab a quick lunch, uh, and I could not believe the traffic. It had, uh, uh, you know, escaped my mind for the moment that what it, was day it was Black Friday. Yeah. And I was like, what is up with all of this traffic? <laughs> and it, it then it hit me. But even around, like, uh, Sobeys on Kelsey Drive, it was back-to-back, bumper-to-bumper in the parking lots everywhere. I'd it like was to know nuts like to know if people are actually getting deals or are they just caught up in the whole day like I, they, they're afraid to miss out you know some well, there are. may be some of that and i mean you know more power to uh you know the businesses out there heading into the christmas season this is when they right they this need is it. when they that's why they call it black friday or that, that you know that's the the concept behind it is that this is when a lot of businesses finally get into the black mm-hmm. uh but um uh, yeah, um, you know, anyway, take it easy out there. Be patient. Uh, you'll get where you're going uh, and be safe. Um, well, we had uh, some very esteemed visitors to the capital city, city today. The Canada-EU summit wrapped up in St. John's. VOCM's Richard Duggan had been following the Prime Minister and uh, President of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, and the um, President of the uh, European Union, uh, Charles Michel, uh, all day today, he's wearing his uh, best suit and tucker, his best bib and tucker. Is that how they put it? He's all dressed up in his suit today. I was Cleans wondering right why up. he looks so good. Yeah. Well, we all do on. that. No, Richard but we. Duggan, he, he looks great all the time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's all dickied off there today. So, uh, you know, putting on his best. Uh, impression for the uh, for the big leaders anyway um, so he was following that all day today here's some of what they had to say and we're here today and if you could see it through the clouds not far from Signal Hill where the first transatlantic wireless signal came from Europe to North America right here on this island up at the top of that hill connecting our two continents connecting Canada and Europe in new ways and that's what this summit is all about building on those connections because the world we're facing right now is incredibly challenging and difficult. There are uh, issues coming at us from all directions, whether it's on climate, whether it's on public health emergencies, as we all went through uh, with the pandemic, whether it's on uh, shifting geopolitical interests, whether it's on political and, and, uh, and uh, violent conflicts around the world. And the thing is, none of them are discrete. They are all interconnected. And our ability to sit down as friends and partners aligned in values, understanding clearly the challenges coming at us, rolling up our sleeves and solving for them, sketching out the path forwards for how we're going to continue 
not just to encourage peace, stability, security, prosperity in the world, but directly support citizens who are worried about their future, who are anxious about the present, and who need to see strong institutions and friendships and partnerships that are taking care of these big issues in a way that reassures and renders optimistic people around the world. Like Canada, they're approaching these challenges in a way that builds more opportunity and builds a better future that people can believe in. It's why we're moving forward on clean energy. Not only does this unwind people's dependence on Russia's weaponized energy exports, but it also fights climate change. A big part of what we're talking about is how Canada can help meet global demand. This means everything from the action Canada has taken to secure strong critical mineral supply chains so that we can build batteries for EVs, energy storage and tech devices, to the progress we're making on clean hydrogen, including, importantly, for exports to European markets. Worst wildfire season on record. And we were, therefore, deeply grateful to have hundreds of European firefighters come help us to get the blazes under control and keep people and our communities safe. But, of course, as climate change is global, Europe has seen its own devastating fires, too. So sharing resources and expertise is one of the best ways to deal with the impacts of climate change. And so today, I'm happy to confirm that Canada will be there to help our European friends with the latest version of de Havilland's iconic water bombers in a deal that will create good Canadian jobs, including in Alberta, where these aircraft will be manufactured. Yes, the Canadairs will be there to help Europe fight fires. Now, we have a very strong bilateral relationship, too. And I want to mention of the many topics that we have discussed four. The first is indeed innovation. I am delighted that we were able today to announce that our flagship program, Horizon Europe, is joined by Canada. This means that Canada will participate on equal terms with EU countries. This is great news. Horizon Europe invests 100 billion euros over seven years in cutting-edge research. It's a fantastic opportunity to pool our best minds and the best talents on both sides of the Atlantic. And jointly, we will work on the next generation of all these exciting new clean technologies, but also biotech, digital projects, you name it. I think the numbers, the figures are telling that you are one of our most trusted partners in Horizon. If you look at the old program that went from 2014 to 2020, we called it Horizon 2020, Canada was ranking third among the, at that time, non-associated countries, right after the United States and China, with over 500 projects and over 400 grants agreement. Now, if you look at the new program, which you are joining now, you have been already working in this program intensively because Canada has already gotten over 100 grant agreements. Now, this association of today will give it a big boost, and I'm very much looking forward to that. Second point is trade. In these difficult years, 
With the COVID pandemic and Russia's war in Ukraine, CETA has helped us enormously to resist the pressure. And in those six years now, it has delivered. Our trade in goods has grown by 66%. That's huge. The trade actually in services has also grown by 11%. So this results in 118 billion euros traded in goods and services last year. That's quite a success. We can achieve even more by working together. And here I also want to shed a light on the critical raw materials. Working together on critical raw materials strengthens our supply chains in our strategic industries. These are the digital and the clean industries. And it strengthens, of course, the European independence from single supplier, where we have an over-dependence. So I want to extend a warm invitation to Canada to join our critical raw materials club, which we will launch at COP28. Canada is indeed in a pole position, what critical raw materials are concerned. You are today the country, the only country in the Western Hemisphere with all the raw materials required for lithium battery. You have it all. Canada exports 90% of its mineral products, and the European Union is Canada's second largest export market. So I would say this is a perfect match. Let's work on that one. Third point is the Green Alliance that we launched today. It's about cooperation on clean energy and green technology. Um, Canada is very rich with clean energy capabilities. For example, the wind power supply to the European Union that you're giving to us. This helps us a lot to reach our net zero goal. And we have a few points that we've discussed today. The first one is that um, the European Union will now formally join the Global Carbon Pricing Challenge launched by Canada. So we will work together on also developing carbon markets and look, looking at standards for carbon credits. Our mutual aim is to increase innovation and to decrease emissions. And the second element is where I'm very glad about that we want to boost transatlantic hydrogen trade. We need to develop this strategic industry, the green hydrogen, on both sides of the Atlantic. And therefore, today we're launching this joint green hydrogen roadmap to develop the market on both sides, so the supply and the demand, uh, which is very important for the European Union and also for our partner Canada. The fourth and last point I want to mention is the digital transition. Indeed, also today we launched the digital partnership that helps us to strengthen, for example, the semiconductor supply chain, increase our cooperation in artificial intelligence. A lot has been said on that one. And to cooperate on cyber threats. Here, the strategic discussion and exchange of knowledge that we have between Canada and the European Union is of utmost importance. And in the same spirit, we have just reached a passenger name record agreement. This is very good news. Many thanks for that. It will make us more efficient in the fight against crime and terrorism in full respect of the fundamental rights of privacy and of data protection. Because as you said, we share the same vision. 
that innovation should be at the service of people and be in line with our democratic values. So that is uh, President of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, uh, outlining uh, some of the things discussed today uh, during this uh, Canada-EU Leaders Summit in St. John's today. But one of the issues not discussed were uh, seals and the EU's ban on seal products. So we'll uh, hear a little bit more about that when we come back after the break. This is News Talk on VOCM. Santa Calls returns December 4th to your VOCM. And we are back. Well, um, two of the European Union's top leaders are in St. John's meeting with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Uh, Premier Andrew Fury greeted the delegation last night wearing a sealskin jacket. But as you heard, seals were not on the agenda. Here's founding president of the Canadian Sealers Association, Jim Winter, on VOCM Open Line this morning. So we're going to talk about seals, yeah? Sure. Something that they're not going to talk about at CETA yet. Uh, see the agreement uh, is uh, right for um, using to uh, change the laws in the EU. As you know, the, we have a ban against our seal products in the EU. It's based on propaganda that's been uh, fed into the European politicians for decades and decades and decades, not based on any science whatsoever. And yet uh, it appears the government of Canada is not going to take this opportunity to uh, attack that law. Basically, right now, we're dealing with a Europe that is in a dire straits when it comes to trying to have enough power to survive the winter. They uh, foolishly got involved with the Russians, and that didn't work out too well, and now they need to find other place. And we have the potential here in Newfoundland to develop a lot of what is called green hydrogen and ammonia, and that would be ideal to solve their problems. So is the government of Canada going to sit down and say to them, okay, guys, you want access to our resources? Let us talk about having laws based on science and not propaganda. Uh, no, they're not doing that. They're going to push it under the carpet. That's been the standard Canadian government approach for the last, well, I've been at this for 30 or 40 years, and that is basically what Canada always does. It just gives you a little bit of smoke and mirrors to make us think that things are going well, when in fact they're not. Now, you could argue that there is no market in Europe, because I've heard that from a number of people. No, what there is is no access to the market. The market didn't just poof, dry up and go away. What happened was the EU politicians bought in to the propaganda, passed a law that said, you, the citizen, will not use this product. We, the politicians, are going to tell you, you cannot use this product. And that is exactly what happened. So lift the law and then see if the citizens want to buy the products. And incidentally, the same thing happened in the United States with the Marine Mammal Protection Act. American citizens didn't all of a sudden have an uprising and say, oh gosh, no, we're not going to use seals. They were told by their politicians who bought into the same propaganda, no, 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 you can't can't use that product. And if you think that is not really an issue, ask any of the people on Water Street like Natural Boutique or Vogue, always in Vogue, they turn away hundreds of American tourists every year, European tourists too, for that matter, because we can't get access to the market. It's not a question of there is no market. The other thing that is really galling in the European situation is that within the EU, there is debate going on as to the legitimacy of that law. So the law was looked at by the WTO because Canada very nicely said, would you please take a look at this and maybe we can get it changed. And the WTO, which is a world trade organization, it it deals with trade, Patty. Mm -hmm. But they made this decision based on morality. 
morality. They're basically saying, oh, you dare dastardly Canadians, because you're killing seals, we can't let you have the seals in our society because that would impact on the morals of Canadian citizens. Well, now you think about it and think what other laws are passed in any society to protect society, to the society from the more issues brought on by people who behave in an immoral manner. Yeah. I'm sure you can come up with a few. Well, I mean, the, the Marine Mammal Protection Act in the United States, all the while they will call the sea lion population for obvious uh, reasons in, say, off the coast of California. The WTO Absolutely. will make these uh, types of rulings based on morality while they dine on foie gras, getting ready to go to the bullfight. So Exactly, exactly. And with, uh, I'll tell you how ridiculous it, it gets. In uh, the Magdalen Islands, uh, DFO cut down the mac- uh, mackerel fishery, so the boys were looking for a way for bait, for crab and lobster. Right? They came up with the idea of uh, making a bait, uh, bait bomb, you might call it, uh, using seal meat. And a company in PEI said, oh, that's a good idea. Let's see what we can develop a recipe for this. And they did. And then they said, oh, maybe we better check on this. So some, they asked DFO, and some mid-level bureaucrat wrote a letter to the MP, MMPA, and the MMPA came back and said, oh no, you catch any fish using seals in your bait and we will ban it from the United States of America. It doesn't matter what it is. Did the government of Canada do anything? No, a mid-level bureaucrat, buddy. They didn't say the ambassador in Washington, hey, let's go and deal with this. This is ridiculous. And as you quite rightly point out, the MMPA does have exceptions. And therefore, sea lions mostly, pinnipeds, seals and sea lions are both pinnipeds. And the MMPA is, is all about pinnipeds. Seals and, and the sea lions fit into that. But why do they do it over, over there? Oh, well, some of the farmers, the uh, salmon farmers were complaining about the sea lions. Mary and Tommy didn't, couldn't take their little kids to the beach because the sea lions were defecating all over the beaches and were a nuisance. And they're big and they're black and they're ugly. So we'll make an exemption for them. Oh, but the cute little seals, we can't make an exemption from them because they've bought into the propaganda. It's ridiculous. And we don't and even you, take the little cute white coat. I mean, it's not even part yeah. of the seal harvest. So. Oh, it hasn't been, for, hasn't been since 1983. And this brings up the whole issue of Ottawa. Maloof did his thing, which was a wonderful idea. He studied it all. And what did he do? Ottawa, I think, basically wanted them to come back and say, oh, well, let's stop sealing. But he didn't do that. What he did is he said, there is absolutely nothing wrong. All my studies indicate there is nothing wrong with killing seals. No problem with humane killing, no problem with population, no problem, period. But in the order to try and offset the negative images that the white coat hunt brings to the Canadian people, let's stop killing with white coats. And they said, oh, good idea. Now, what people don't know is that that was a good thing, not only for Canada in the broader sense, or at least they thought it was, but for Newfoundland, it was a good thing. Because with the big boat hunt and the white coat kill, very few people, these boats used to carry 25, 30 guys each. There was only five or six of them. Well, the minute they were out of the scene and we were killing older seals, all of a sudden you've got longliners up and down both coasts, northern peninsula, both sides, the whole northeast coast of Canada, each one carrying five or six crew, and they were killing 30, 40, 50, 60 thousand seals that money was going all through the communities in newfoundland so maloof did us a favor he did us a big favor but that wasn't the objective 
the objective was to get rid of the ceiling, and that still hasn't gone away. And we still have people who say, oh, my, we're cleaning it up. It looks a lot nicer. It's a lot better. They don't get the point. This is not about ending ceiling per se. Ceiling is merely a tactic of the animal rights movement to get rid of man using animals for any purpose. We're the tactic. We're the victims of all that. And that is Jim Winter. He is uh, president of the Canadian Sealers, or a founding president of the Canadian Sealers Association, speaking on VOCM Open Line this morning in response to the EU leaders being in St. John's today and the EU's decision to uh, ban seal products uh, unless um, uh, it's uh, produced by Indigenous peoples and the like uh, from the European market. Um, If you have any thoughts on that, you're certainly welcome to give us a call. Well, after the news with Noah Shepard, we are going to go to Carbonier and hear a heartfelt plea from a local food bank just before Christmas. This is News Talk on VOCM. Win your Christmas cash with a VOCM Cares for the Community 50-50 draw. Buy your tickets until December 16th at VOCM.com. And we are back. Well, the St. Vincent de Paul Food Bank in Carbonier is facing closure before Christmas due to increased demand and the inability to stock shelves to meet the need. Carrie Abbott and Caitlin Clark took to Facebook this week to deliver a tearful message to those who rely on the food bank that they're in such dire straits that they're in the position of trying to decide if they will be able to remain open next week. Here's what they had to say. Hey folks, it's Carrie and Caitlin. So we've tried to do this video a couple of times now and between um, people needing help and people dropping off donations, we've had to restart a couple of times. So we, we try to keep these upbeat and we try to, I don't know, uh, keep it lighthearted, make donating and stuff seem fun, but there's also the reality of the situation. I think, which is what we need to talk about today. So the reality for us right now is it is November 23rd, literally Christmas is a month away, and we normally stay open until the week before we give out the Christmas hampers. But we are in such dire straits right now that we have to make a difficult decision this weekend, uh, whether or not we can open next week. So basically, we continue to give out monthly hampers. So if someone comes like at the end of the month, they will come at the end of the month and next month. But for the Christmas month, what we do is we give out the Christmas meal items and we also give out, you know, a hamper that's pretty decent. Uh, Right now, we're in danger of not being able to do the Christmas hampers to the best of our ability and not be able to serve people. Um, We have no orange juice, we have no butter, we have no tea bags. The the list of staples that we don't have that's in a, a basic hamper we don't even have those items. And, you know, a lot of people rely on us for their Christmas hamper because their kids are home from school, family is visiting, um, everything's closed down. Work is kind of, if, if you're working a, a minimum wage job, it's kind of in flux. And 
and coming to us for help helps people get through those months. And we've never been in this situation before. So usually we plan our Christmas hampers. We start putting away stuff years ago. We would start putting it away in July and August. Last year, I think October, we started. Yeah. Um, this year, we tried, but we always had to dig into our, our supplies for Christmas because the need has been so great. And, and I, I keep using the term white noise because it does feel like, especially this time of year, you always put out the call for help. And, and I guess, you know, it falls on deaf ears, but anyone who volunteers at a feedback, because most of these organizations are run by volunteers. We're fortunate to have Caitlin on staff. Uh, I'm a volunteer. And when I first got involved with the food bank, I think it was two banks, two years into the food bank, uh, there was one March, we ran out of food here. And it was when the numbers started, started escalating. You know, it got colder that year, more people had to have heat on, everything was kind of shutting down at the time. So we had a, an increase in the number of people coming to our food bank and we hadn't organized enough to do fundraising at the time and food drives. And I came here and I answered the door to a mom who used the last of her money to come here to get food for her and her kids. And I had to look at her and tell her we had no food. And I, I can remember what she was wearing. I can remember what I was wearing. I can remember every muscle movement of her face when I told her and having to get her to come inside and sit on a chair because she broke down in tears and I broke down in tears. And I had no money because I was after using my money to go buy food to keep the food bank going at one point. And I swore that day that we would not get into the same situation. I would never look at someone and say, we have no food. We always, even when someone comes more than once a month, we always give them at least pasta, pasta sauce, bread, butter, tea bags. We always give them a package of food that'll get them through that week. And that's where uh, Carrie Abbott trailed off because she was becoming so emotional um, expressing how high the demand is and how they have, uh, with a, they simply don't have enough to stock their shelves, uh, let alone put together Christmas hampers. So uh, they're going to make that difficult decision this weekend. I guess they put out that heartfelt uh, plea uh, via Facebook just to let people know the kind of scenario they're facing. And uh, with any luck, uh, people will find it somehow in their hearts to uh, to give a little to keep that going. But uh, the demand everywhere high this time of year. Uh, so um, uh, if you're interested, they are on Facebook, the Society of St. Vincent de Paul Food Bank in Carboneer. Um, uh, very sad indeed. It's a, it's a hard sort of situation uh, to find oneself in. Well, when we come back, the Community Sector Council is hosting a well-being community fair this Monday. We'll tell you more about that when we come back right after this. 
make a request anytime by calling 709-273-5211 or 1-888-590-8626. The soundtrack of your holiday joy. Your VOCM. And we are back. Well, the Community Sector Council is hosting a well-being community fair this Monday at the St. John's Farmers Market. Manager of the Vibrant Communities File at CSC, Lindsay Hines, joins me now. Well, good afternoon, Lindsay. Hi, how are you? Great. So um, the Community Council is, Community Sector Council, I should say, is hosting a, a well-being community fair this coming Monday. What's it all about? Sure. So um, this coming Monday from 1 to 7 p.m. at the St. John's Farmers Market, uh, CSCNL is hosting its first community well-being fair. So we have over 45 community organizations attending that all offer programs and services that contribute to a person's overall well-being. So we're really trying to highlight, Linda, you know, the the capacity that already exists within the community sector. Um, and there's things that attribute to physical, mental and uh, spiritual overall well-being for people. Um, And most of these programs are all offered at little to no cost for folks. And the event itself is completely free. Um, So we're really hoping to get the information out that folks can can come and avail and learn. And um, there's a full day of entertainment as well. So Dr. Janice Fitzgerald speaks at 1.30. And that's, again, open to the public. So I imagine that this has to do with, I mean, the the community sector in particular uh, sees a lot of what we've been seeing over the last little while, particularly since the pandemic, you know, face to face. And and we're seeing things that are changing rapidly and not always for the better. And um, and I guess uh, people are feeling that. Yeah, I think it's very timely (laughs) for sure. And, uh, and, you know, using the language of well-being and, uh, you know, some folks naturally think, oh, well, that means I have to go run or go to the gym. Uh, and that's not quite the case. So it's taking care of yourself from that holistic perspective. Uh, I often say, like, I'm a really outdoorsy person. So my, my version of spiritual is outside. And that doesn't even need to be hiking. It can just be getting, some, getting out for a walk, you know, on a, on a nice day because we live in Newfoundland. And when the sun shines, you need to get out and get your vitamins. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really, a really timely event and we're all about getting the information out to folks and making these services accessible. Um, and if you don't know about it, you can't avail of it. Uh, and so, so many people are struggling and we, I know, for example, like a ton of services that exist, you know, for uh, free counseling with Jacob Potester Foundation for youth. Um, and there's a lot of young people that, that don't know about that. Right, and you were talking about spirituality, but I guess spirituality is seeking meaning wherever that may be. Right, it's, that's a yeah, it's a, a personal perspective for sure. Like some people go to church, and some people go to the East Coast Trail, um, and they are actually also attending the fair. So the East Coast Trail Association will be there, um, the YWCA St. John's. Um, we have Al- Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, we and we have a lot of organizations that help folks with various disabilities. And you know, Linda, we have a wait list, and I think that really speaks to the community sector as a whole and how they do contribute to well-being and how eager and excited they are to be able to share their programs and services to help people. And this event is free. All comers welcome. Yep, so free, and I I like to say there's something there for seniors, and well, basically we're saying birth to end of life. We even have the Palliative Care Association attending. Uh, Completely, totally free. Uh, We have 
tote bags for the first 150 people that enter the doors, and they have some nice surprises in them. Uh, and the event starts at 1 o'clock. So if you are interested in getting a free tote bag, make sure you're there for, for one. Uh, and door prizes, too. So we've uh, actually engaged various nonprofit and for-profit businesses, and we have quite a large um, array of door prizes, too, that we're really excited to give out to folks. And the venue itself is accessible, so uh, totally barrier-free. And we're really encouraging people to come bring friends that wouldn't normally hear about the event and that could really just use like a a good vibe day because it's guaranteed to be just that. Lindsay Hines, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. So that's coming up on Monday at the St. John's Farmers Market. Starts at 1 o'clock, runs through to 7 p.m., and it is free of charge. Well, another exciting event is coming up this weekend. It'll be an exciting day at the Skills Canada Intermediate Challenge as more than 300 junior high students gather at the College of the North Atlantic in St. John's tomorrow. Marketing and communicate. Sorry, Marketing and Communications Coordinator with Skills Canada, Andrew Heptage, joins me now. Well, mm-hmm. hello, Andrew. Hi, how's it going? Great. So tell us a little bit about this uh, Skills Canada Intermediate Challenge taking place on the weekend. So the Intermediate Challenge is a thing that Skills Canada does every year. Actually, Newfoundland is the only province in the country to host it. Um, big reason we do that is because a lot of our competitions and programming and stuff is more oriented towards high school and post-secondary education students. So we kind of wanted to do some kind of event to give junior high kids a kind of a look into skilled trade careers and technology careers and kind of get them started on that path if it's something they're interested in. So it's hosted every year on a Saturday. It's a whole big long day event where they compete in 16 different trade and technology competition areas stuff like public speaking tv video production graphic design hairstyling a bunch of different stuff we see a lot of students come through yeah this is a pretty substantial gathering uh where are they coming from coming from all over um we have a lot of people coming from you know st john's and the east end and mount pearl and then i know in the past too they've had schools from labrador and some schools come in from central so we we really see a lot of different places fabulous and so this is a, a this is a pretty fun event but it's for a variety of reasons one because it's fun because a lot of people are getting together to have mm-hmm. fun and another is to just i guess showcase some of this talent that we have out there yeah, totally. Um, it's, like I said kind of earlier, is they don't really have a lot of opportunities when they're at a junior high age to compete professionally in provincial and national competitions. So this one, we kind of put a focus on more of a fun, safe, supportive environment where they can come in even having no experience in a certain trade area, give it a try, compete, have fun, make some friends. And then there's also, you know, different demonstrations going on from different people throughout the day that they can go and sit in and and like a bunch of stuff happening. So what is the end result of this? Is this a competition or is it more of a sort of a getting to know what's going on type of event? It's kind of both. Um, Where it is a competition, most of the winners of certain categories at the intermediates will actually move on to compete in provincials with the high school students and the post-secondary students. 
Um, but where it is, we do kind of focus more on the fun and the the introductory aspects of it versus the competition. But at the end of the day, it is, and everyone competes from different schools, and the winners do move forward. And um, in the past, they've had a lot of intermediate winners move on to provincials and even win some national medals, too, all around Canada. So I guess you see some pretty exciting things happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've been nonstop now, and everybody's excited. We have over 300 students signed up to do it tomorrow. That's fabulous. And uh, how are we doing uh, overall when it comes to uh, developing these types of skills in our our school settings? It's pretty great. Um, I know for us at Skills, we're always in different schools giving presentations and even aside from competitions, hosting kind of entrepreneurial Dragon's Den type uh, activities and stuff. And we found even in the couple of months I've been here, there, there's always interest in skilled trades and technology because it's such an important part of the economy and of the province and the country that there's always going to be interest because it's so diverse and there's so many different opportunities existing in those fields. So it's been pretty good. And do you find that there's a certain level of excitement amongst the uh, students? Oh, yeah. Um, Now, I mean, I haven't been lucky enough to attend an intermediate challenge before, but by the way, everybody here at the office talks about it. It's a big day full of fun. Everyone's trying out things and making friends and, you know, really stepping outside their comfort zone for the first time and competing and having a lot of fun. It's generating quite a lot of buzz, which we're very excited about. We know we have a lot of people who have been here before who are coming back or are telling their friends to come and going to be a great day we're very excited for it very busy but very excited for sure so 13 teams 16 trades Mm-hmm. fabulous and when and where so it is tomorrow november 25th registration starts at 7 30 in the morning and it goes right up until the award ceremony at five o'clock tonight or five o'clock that night sorry and it's held at uh college of the north atlantic on prince philip drive Fantastic. Andrew Heptich, really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Of course. Thank you so much. And Andrew Heptage is Marketing and Communications Coordinator with Skills Canada. And Skills Canada, if you've ever attended one of these events, uh, Claudette, is really exciting. Lots of interesting and, and innovative things happening out there. And especially when you see kids getting all excited and, you know, using their creative and thought processes to and there's a lot of figure work. the stuff out. There's a lot of work ahead of that, you know, practicing and stuff like that. And then if they're lucky enough to get to win or, you know, excel, then they got that behind their name. And then you see the videos after the fact and you can see the pride and you'll actually that will translate into pride in your work. And it, it's just a snowball effect. So it's wonderful to see. Absolutely. And looks good on a resume, I can guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, good on them. 300 kids from across the province. Can't believe that. I Junior love high that. students. That's great. Yeah. So I mean, what are we talking? 12, 13, 14? That, that means that they're, you know, they're <laughs> they're on the right track. I mean, usually, I mean, I remember when I was Ugh, junior, junior high, high. that Ugh. wouldn't have even crossed my mind. What skill? <laughs> you know, if like, you could just hit like a yeah. rewind button and delete, delete <laughs> yes. that part, it would be great. Gosh, but I'd we all got to go again. through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, painful stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like we're just, re- you know, this is almost traumatic. <laughs> 
They call it junior hell sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I got a little bit of PS- PTSD from yeah. grade eight. But anyway, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm doing just fine. You can't see the tick in my eye, but that's okay. Uh, we make fun. But you, you know what? There's so many kids out there doing so many great things. And, uh, you know, for 300 kids to be involved in this, that's, that's huge. Great, great, great news. Uh, so uh, it wouldn't have been me. <laughs> I was too busy getting PTSD <laughs> from various yes from just being in school I yeah. say it jokingly I'm not trying to make fun of anything but you know what I'm saying uh, anybody who's been there knows <laughs> yeah not not an ideal time <laughs> really hard it's too bad you couldn't be born you know with age comes wisdom you just but you need some of that wisdom when you're that young right yeah exactly and, and if you're you attending know. these then uh, you've got uh, you're ahead of the game what do they say <laughs> youth is wasted on the young if you only knew but that's part of you know growing growing up. growing mm-hmm. and you got to learn you got to learn the rough stuff to get to. through it all yeah for sure um well on another note and this is um i suppose the one the small glimpse of optimism in what has been uh well an arduous last seven weeks the world watching the situation is israel and gaza since october the 7th and just um you know feeling helpless really a lot of people feeling utterly utterly helpless well the first diplomat diplomatic trade between israel and hamas involving uh the freeing of 24 hostages and 29 palestinian prisoners took place today it marks the first day of a four-day ceasefire or truce which will see the release of a total of 50 hostages from Gaza and 150 Palestinian prisoners by Israel. Lines of Red Cross trucks were seen crossing into Gaza through the Rafah border with Egypt as many people lined the streets cheering for the humanitarian aid moving in as part of the truce. Seeing some of the images now some of the um, hostages re- uh, released um, and they they've issued um or listed the names of some of the people the released today also a large group of uh people from thailand believe it or not who happened to be in israel at the time uh so uh, encouraging today uh some people are hoping that this ceasefire or truce will extend beyond monday when it's uh, set to expire Um, And we can only hope for the best. Uh, I think a lot of people who have been watching the situation very concerned about what's going to transpire now come Monday. Uh, But uh, we all live in hope that some kind of peaceful settlement can be reached after all of that yeah i mean you do need hope i mean the alternative is helplessness as you mentioned when we see all of those images it is a feeling of helplessness and it's a feeling that's sick to your stomach because this is you know just such a, a slight on humanity um the other good thing is that with the true steel, uh, they're having more shipments of fuel and supplies into Gaza yes, because yeah. that is so important. I just can't imagine. Sometimes I let myself go there, you know, wondering and what it would be like to be in the thick of that, especially when they read out the names of the loved ones and you see those images. It's so saddening. It, it's, I don't even have the right words for it, but uh, can't, you know, we do have to live for hope for, for Monday, although, you know, um, sometimes reality hits in in, into your thoughts and then you think that yeah the fighting could be just very well picking up again and going through it all again 
Yeah, for sure. And uh, like you mentioned, the uh, humanitarian uh, convoys uh, all waiting there at the Rafah border yesterday. And uh, I saw some of the images, you know, uh, uh, of people driving past these convoys. And it's just truck after truck after truck after truck after truck of, uh, you know, transport trucks, huge pieces of machinery carrying all kinds of, you know, medical equipment, water, uh, food, and still humanitarian uh, officials saying it's nowhere near the amount that's needed to meet the need in that region. So I guess uh, we all will be watching that very closely over the course of the weekend and into early next week. Hopefully we will have continue to have good news out of that uh, very terrible situation. That's it for us for today. Do be safe out there, everyone. Have a good Merry Christmas. We've got the um, Dial a Carol happening this weekend. That's usually the unofficial (laughs) start Mm -hmm. of the season. People loving to hear the uh, Christmas music and dedicate it to family and friends for a very good cause. So uh, be listening in on that. Uh, Downtown St. John's Santa Claus Parade this weekend. Another big marker of the uh, beginning of the season. So uh, enjoy that. And uh, uh, that's it for us now. Um, We'll see you on Monday. Thanks for listening.